listening to the Just Go Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wyatt, with the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And I'm TJ Jeskowitz with Ragbri. This is the show about uh, bicycling just for the fun of it. So we're going to talk about things from the Ragbri Nation and other adventures that we have. Come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Well, today, it's not just you and me, Mark. We are joined at a nice big table. I won't call it a round table because it's actually a square table. But we have the entire band back together <laughs> of the Just Go Bike podcast. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves as we go around the table. I'm Andrea Parrott, otherwise known as Parrot Talk. Hey, guys. Kyle Munson, Iowa columnist for the Des Moines Register. Hey, everyone. Brian Powers here. So we're not alone. I mean... This, this is also a little strange because TJ and I are usually never in the same room when we do this podcast. <laughs> Correct. So that's a, that's a little inside baseball secret. Yeah, we did record from my basement last week in the, right. in the Rag Bry basement uh, on top of cleared off the pool table. So this is, um, we're used to those big square tables. Right, right. <laughs> this is fun to have everybody back together. We haven't done this for, what, a month or two? Yeah. 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 At least. So, well, and you got, well, I'm the odd man out this time because you guys were all on. The pre-ride. I mean, you've essentially ridden the Register's annual Great Bicycle Ride across Iowa already. Yeah. You got the, you know. And so I'm kind of interested to hear, you know, all the shenanigans you guys were up to that I didn't even catch on your Twitter feeds or on the blog or anything else. <laughs> <laughs> How was the route? <laughs> well, some stuff we can't reveal. You know, it's kind of like Ragbri. What happens on Ragbri stays on Ragbri. So... <laughs> So we won't divulge everything, but we can certainly give you some highlights and just just some tips. So uh, if you got some questions for us, Kyle, why don't you fire away? Okay, so I saw this police report from Lansing. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is, I remember, you know, we started this, uh, talking about this route back in January, you know, with the route announcement, and this is supposedly the third easiest ragbri ever, right? Not true. (laughs) (laughs) So what makes it not the third easiest ever? I'm interested. Well, on on paper, it is the easiest route, but there's some things to consider. Number one is... Yellow River. Well, the Yellow River Forest, the last day. But I don't want to scare people away from that because I think that that is such a unique ride. Um, but the flat parts, mm-hmm. you're pedaling the whole a time. Lot. You're not going to coast mm-hmm. at all. There's no downhill that you can recover on. There's none of that. So you found people standing up on their pedals a lot just to get out of the seat and rest their legs for, for a couple pedal pedal rotations. You put a headwind and some heat in that, and and it's going to be a tough day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I, that's all, all. My biking so far this year has been flat, so I'm I'm a little bit scared about the last day of hills on this Ragbri. Um, but I found even uh, on the Burr ride, the bike ride to Rippy, which was in what February, right? Yep. Like kind mm-hmm. of the the kickoff of the mass bike riding season in Iowa. In some ways, uh, I felt like a Superman biking out. Coming back, I felt, yeah. I felt like I felt like, an, you know, I, I couldn't even handle it. It was with be, that flat headwind. You should be listening to Paratone. Yeah, that's right. I know. Suck it up. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I loved that. That was great, yeah. this last episode. Uh, for what we're referring to, dear listeners, uh, Andrea had a great uh, how-to guide for biking in headwinds uh, mm-hmm. in the very last, uh, last episode, episode 21, I guess. Yeah. So yep. go back and check it out. Yep. So one of the things that she said was always make sure you bike with that tailwind on the way back in 
Now, you don't have that luxury on RAGBRAI. We set up the route for you. So uh, so go into that day understanding that, you know, I mean, if we're doing some north and then some south and then some some east, you're likely going to face, you know, a good crosswind or a good headwind. So if you can get out there and not necessarily do those tailwind centuries and actually force yourself to ride into the wind, I think you're going to enjoy it because I think it is the most um, mentally challenging thing there is in cycling is that headwind. Mm -hmm. And you think you're, you know, you think you are, you know, Tour de France champ and it just knocks you down to, you know, Pee Wee Herman. So so he's a good cyclist, Pee Wee, but, you know, he's not going to wear any yellow jerseys. Now, another thing about the pre-ride that I love, um, so you get to scope out the topography the feel and of the of biking the route, but you also get all these towns that come out with it's kind of their first chance to to give you the hospitality of Ragbri and try to you know sell themselves. So what was the most surprising little I don't know diner or, or roadside bar or whatever it was that kind of surprised you with what they with how they embraced the pre ride and, and tried to give you a taste of what they're going to do on the ride. I, I thought Waterville when they brought out those pork wings. I had pork never had a, 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 a pork wing before. Like, uh, what the heck is pigs don't have wings? <laughs> when, when they're really young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They fall off yeah. when they grow up. Yeah. I thought those were really good. Wow. Yeah. For me, it was Lawler. They've never been a host town before. And I talked to the mayor and a couple people on their RAGBRAI committee, and they are ready. They're going to have like two dozen vendors, food vendors. Mm. And they had, I think it was called the Starlight Amphitheater. It was this big, beautiful ballroom with, like, a bar and, like, music and dancing. And it's Mm -hmm. just going to be so cool. And I had never heard of it, which I'm kind of embarrassed to admit because it used to be, like, the thing back in the day and, like, really. And it's super nondescript from the outside. Mm -hmm. Like, it it just kind of looks like another building on Main Street. But then you go inside and it's just beautiful. Yeah, you got to go inside. So this is like uh, this is going to be a multi ballroom reg by route then, right? It is. Because yeah. we have yep. the surf in Clear mm-hmm. Lake, mm-hmm. Sure. which is the storied venue, the last place that Buddy Holly and uh, those guys played before the plane crash. Mm-hmm. So the Starlight and Lawler, okay. yeah, yep. that's cool. I I just think some of these small towns that we rolled into that are towns of 150 people that all of a sudden had 50 people that were there to greet us just blew me away when we go to a place like Ionia, which will probably be one of the most mispronounced names out there. <laughs> and we pull in and, they, you know, we're at the fire department and they had just an amazing breakfast for us. And they had kids out there and they had firemen out there. And they just, I mean, literally about a third of the town was out there yeah. to greet us. And, and it was, what, 8 o'clock in the morning. And they were just just geared up and little homemade signs and painted bikes and just the energy in some of these towns that we haven't been to in in 40 years or, or never before was just incredible. And um, so so that one came to mind. Thornton was another one that we just never, you know, for some reason, never been there in 45 years. So to roll into a town like that. Just the look in their face of, we are so excited that you're here. And I, I could go on on and on. I mean, Castelia was another one that just these little towns that are slightly over 100 people to 200 people. And just they all just came out of the woodwork. But Orange City is not messing around. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they I thought we were just talking pastors, but God, <laughs> they said, and you know, I, we don't know where we got this reputation from of being, uh, not partying and they're ready. I mean, they're gonna turn it out and, 
Dutch still dawn. Yeah. The yeah. Dutch stronghold of Northwest Iowa. You, yeah, they know how to do tulip time, too. You, you can't Dutch this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't Dutch this. <laughs> do, 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 do. You know, when we rolled out of there with 75 people, they're, they're bicyclists up there. Mm-hmm. So they, they get this. That's cool. You know, I wasn't trying to ditch you guys last week by not being on the pre-ride, but uh, it's something I always aspire to do, and then the summer schedule intrudes. What I was uh, up to last week, I uh, had a family trip down to the south, mm-hmm. down to the Mississippi Delta. I had a friends who got married down there. And um, so on the day that you guys were hitting the Mississippi River, your last day of the pre-ride, I embarked on a bachelor bicycle ride that morning from Clarksdale, Mississippi, to the Mississippi River. So coming, approaching from the other direction, uh, many, many miles south. Uh, but it felt a little bit like Ragbri because, so the Delta is flatter, much flatter than Northeast Iowa too. Um, but it, you still, you have lots of farm country. You have small towns, water towers. And so we're biking into this speck on the map called Friars Point, and there's some people sitting in the front yard waving at us. <laughs> so I felt like, it's cool. just like Ragbri. Cool. <laughs> so some, cool. Some good music down there, too. Yeah, some, some great blues, some juke joints, and so I caught a little of that, too. It, you know, so it wasn't, it wasn't Ragbri because there wasn't the expectation, there wasn't all the kind of the structure and the hospitality and everything that you know, has been built up for decades here. Uh, but we did stop. There was a group of about 20 of us stopped at a convenience store. So this Charles, the owner of the convenience store, he embraced us. He was dispensing marriage advice to my friend. And, you know, people are buying some old English to drink and toast the, toast the groom. So it was, it was a very Ragbri-esque festive atmosphere. Yeah. Nice. What was his marriage advice? Uh, <laughs> it basically, boiled, so he, he was very proud. He had raised, I think, like six kids and sent them all to college. And, you know, he was trying to, he was also trying to sell the convenience store to, to our friend. Um, but his, basic, his marriage advice boiled down to, you know, when you're right, she's still right. So that was basically, that was basically his marriage advice. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. So, so what else from the week? Um, any other, I don't know, um, any other accommodations or people you guys were biking with in the pre-ride that had interesting stories. We heard some of them on the podcast already because, mm-hmm. Mark, I mean, you, you did this superhuman, like, daily podcast yeah. for, the first, <laughs> oh. for the first five days of the ride. That was, that was great. Yeah, it's the hotel lobby tour, yeah. Well, <laughs> well one, of the, one of the highlights was a young man joined us, 11-year-old Ian, mm-hmm. and uh, rode from Algona over to Clear Lake, and uh, he was definitely the champ of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, held the bike up as he as he reached the the waters of Clear Lake, like he was just you know me- reaching the Mississippi River, and it was kind of neat to see a young man like that um, just riding strong. And at one point, we we're just kind of cruising along there, and and uh, we we passed him, and he, he kind of gave us that you know that look like I'm going to run you down, and <laughs> he he passed us, and then gave us that look back, and it was just classic. And uh, from that point, you know that that kid he's going to be good. So. Future Ragbriar for sure. That's yeah, that awesome. Cool. Yeah, the Clear Lake was beautiful too. Oh my God. Just an amazing sunset that night. And just sitting out on on the dock, it was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. I still remember when Clear Lake was a pass through town a few years ago, and sure. just it was like a perfect weather day, and it was just an amazing, just teeming throng down there that day on Ragbriar. I remember mm-hmm. it so. was hard to leave Clear Lake that day, but this year we get to stick around. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be cool. There was a guy who had brought out um, a handmade wooden bike. I don't know if you guys saw yeah. this there. Um, he had brought it out and 
couple of us were doing test rides on it, and it was just like this low rider of a you know wooden bicycle that was <laughs> was really cool. I mean, it was so smooth, but you just felt like you were steering a bus with this thing because it was just this massive. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Was it custom and homemade, or is this like a line of bikes? Or no. Apparently, he just he found some YouTube videos online and then just started cutting <laughs> up wood. And wow. It was like in his garage, just just started putting stuff together, and the finish on it, I was like, what? The finish looked really weird, and he's like, can you guess what the finish is? I don't know what it is. It was coffee. Oh, was he, coffee? He, he took coffee sure. and started Man. putting layers of coffee on it, let it dry, mm. put another layer of coffee on it. It smelled good. <laughs> <laughs> and I think caffeine makes you go faster. Yeah, if you yeah. get tired, you just lick your bike. we got to get this guy on the podcast. Yeah, I'm intrigued now. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it was one neat. Of, one of the things we try to really emulate rag brawing and you know some of the questions that we would get from the organizers like hey what time are you going to be there and kind of like on rag bry if you ask that question <laughs> you give them the cable man response between one and six we'll be there <laughs> yeah. you know and that and i think that held true it didn't matter if our ride was 50 miles we got in at five o'clock six o'clock uh-huh. and I think that, you know, wh- wherever the wind blows that day is what you need to take advantage of. So if all of a sudden, you know, hey, that pond looks great over there or let's get off the bike to take an amazing, you know, photo of the, of the scenic background that you can see for 15 miles. Those are the types of things that we try to do on this pre-ride. Mm-hmm. And it's not about just clicking miles. It's not about just we're going to climb that hill and be done with this ride. It is soaking up all that stuff and trying to, you know, teach those towns of, of what they're about to, you know, come encounter with. And so we took a lot of time in the towns and the starlight ballrooms and different different places like that talking to, oh, there was a, a neat little story. One of, the, one of the towns, I think it was Britt, Iowa, was uh, moving their Freedom Rock over to the right in, right in front of the legion mm. and oh, cool. i mean here is a you know a two-ton rock and they're just getting ready for you know it was just neat just to you know get off the bike and sit there and talk to a couple of vets for oh you know it's just 20 minutes but you know it just seemed like you know just just the thing to do and just just hear from some just some real people from small town iowa and that if you're not doing that on ragbride you're missing the entire point of what mm-hmm. our ride's all about yeah. Well, and at that same time in Brit, I was visiting the Hobo Museum. So there's like 20 different things that you can do in each town. And yeah. the Hobo Museum was really, really cool. There's a lot of stuff there that you will never see anywhere else. And I sent my friend a wooden postcard. So that was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. You know, yeah, that stop and smell the roses thing. That's, I mean, that is the magic of Ragbrain in a lot of ways where you, you have all these new friends from around the world that uh, – you can share a hobo museum with, and you, you can't, first of all, you can't believe you're in the middle of a hobo muse- museum, and secondly, that you're with, you know, somebody from Australia, and then somebody from down the road in Iowa, and somebody from Japan, or whatever it might mm-hmm. be, yeah. and so that is kind of rare, uh, and that's obviously why we're here talking about we, this culture. We do put up the Griswold family vacation of, of roadside attractions, you know, when you got the hobo <laughs> museum, and yeah. world's largest ball of twine, or whatever it is, but... World's largest popcorn ball? Popcorn, oh, uh, that was... Yeah. Uh, Sac Sac City. City. We didn't go, City. yeah, no, we, no. on the drive up, we no. saw that. Yeah. We did. Yeah. But those attractions, like, you know, who doesn't stop and take a picture of the world's wooden duck? Not a duck, a mallard, a actually. Mallard. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. But, you know, if you don't take a picture with the, you know, 50-foot duck. You're doing it you're, wrong. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. The folk, there's no better way to celebrate folk culture than on a bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or taking a trip out to see Norman Borlaug's childhood home 
that was that was really mm. interesting. And there was a lot in that town. Cool. Uh, Polish was unbelievable as a um, meat meat locker. Meat, meat locker. locker. That's what it was. Um, that we went on a tour of, and he took us back through and around, and literally saw how the sausage was made. It was incredibly <laughs> wow. interesting. Um, yeah. So if you get a chance, that their brats are out of this world. Wow. Did they have wings? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <No>. Cow wings. <laughs> Everything can have a wing if you really try. <laughs> right? Shave half the bone yeah. off. And <laughs> it's fine. I mean, even even the you know the beef strips and Polishek's. I mean, just something as simple as that, when you walk into a, a locker that is just world-renowned. I mean, the the foodie networks have all, you know, popped in to, I mean, to sample their head cheese or what is, what is the other word? It's a nitsen or I can't even pronounce yeah, it's it. A, I, I, it's a nitsen. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, all these things that are, you know, Czech foods that are just, you know, generations after generations of, of recipes and, you know, they're shipping out product all over the world because this is just just another one of those things that if if you blink you'll miss it you know you can go right by it and not even but you know get off the bike you got all day and what are you gonna do go sit in your sit in a chair by your tent and you know read a book or something or you can meet some of the most interesting people in the world and seriously some of the beef best beef jerky i I've ever had. Mm. I like beef jerky. Mm. I mean, he couldn't call it. There was a reason he couldn't call it jerky. And I'm forgetting like what the exact reason was. Like a trademark reason or something. No oh. I, I technique. Don't, I don't remember what the reason was, but it's essentially was beef jerky. Mm. Mm. Remember the Jerky Boys? These guys were funny, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Why I just thought of that. <laughs> now we always, you know, we this podcast. We whenever we interview somebody, we always grill them about their favorite kind of pie. Did you guys have pie on this pre ride? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. And and was there a standout? You know, a little bit of pie. All right. We've yeah. been we've been blessed with more pie before. I, I think the 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 toughest day we ever had. We had twelve pieces of pie one day. Oh. And you, you can't say no. You know? <laughs> no, you cannot <laughs> say no. They're bringing it out to you. Just like oh, okay. I had um, four in one stop last a uh, couple years ago, which was. <laughs> And again, it was, you know, the, the 90-year-old pie baker. It's like, would you like mm-hmm. to sample my, you know, boysenberry? And I'm like, oh, yeah, no. Stab me in the heart, young man, you know. Can't do that. I, I'm putting Castilla up as the oh, best pie yeah. of the trip. Yeah. I mean, that's... Top notch. Yes. Yeah. Right in the middle of the day. They, they, it's a small town. They had 200 people in that town, and, and they have a brigade of pie makers. They're going to make 800 pies. Does that sound yeah, right? Yeah. Wow. Right. Yeah. And uh, they said, this is all we're doing. When we're out, we're out. So get to Castilla and have some of that pie because it was the best. What variety was it? Did you particularly? Everything. I had blueberry and cherry in that town with the scoop ice cream (laughs) from the mayor. Yeah, (laughs) two. The mayor's like, uh, you know, you want a scoop ice cream on that? And I'm like, who says no? Exactly. (laughs) I got two scoops for sure. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Scotch Ruse and Starlight Ballroom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I started yeah. out the week documenting everything I ate on the ride, and I had to stop because <laughs> it was getting gross. <laughs> a lot of food. <laughs> I had to slow down. I'm not eating, just tweeting. Uh, I don't. I haven't really stopped eating my rag price schedule. Yeah. I had four pieces of pizza for lunch today, so I can admit that. Yeah. <laughs> but I've not taken a picture. <laughs> you're still eating like you're riding, huh? Exactly. That's one of the hardest things to readjust to when you get back. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, wait, it's been an hour, and I haven't eaten. Why am I hungry? I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Surprise pork chop was nice. 
That oh, was yeah. awesome. Was, so we had Matt from uh, Matt uh, from uh, Mr. Porkchop come out. Oh, Porkchop Jr. We've mm-hmm. interviewed him on this show before. Yeah, yeah and one of the early, like the second or third show. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and he had pork chops for everybody. Even the locals were like sniffing it out, going, "Hey, is there free pork chops here?" <laughs> and uh, pulling up in their pickups, and sure enough, he handing out pork chops. Mm. So, yeah, they're going to be great. And slushies, which were nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Refreshing. Always good to see Matt, and and uh, he's looking forward to Algona Day. That's a, yeah. is, that's the biggest town close to where he's from. Well, we just finalized. You want to talk about the patch that we just... Uh, yeah, so on was Tuesday, Porkchop Day? Uh, Curlew is going to be the town. In Curlew, we're gonna ha- that's where Mr. Porkchop Jr. is going to be set up with his bus. Monday. And yeah. On Monday. And he'll um, have commemorative patches for Mr. Porkchop Day, honoring his father who passed away recently. Um, and we just finalized those patches. So I guarantee you it's going to be really awesome. So it's a very special patch. Yep. Nice. Yeah, available only at Porkchop Bus. So stop there. It's that big pink bus, in case you're wondering. I don't think you can miss it. (laughs) With the good smells. Lots of smoke. Yeah, follow your nose. That's awesome. Well, I'm excited for this ragbri. So um, just to let people, I mean, by now people realize this, but so you guys were out in the pre-ride, so you sampled all seven days of this ragbri odyssey. And so the last full week of July, the actual event happens. And what's 400? How many miles is it this year? 411. 411. So 411 miles kicking off that last full week of July. And uh, it's going to be massive, huh? Yeah, just in case people are wondering, how do I get involved in pre-ride? It it really doesn't exist. So we're just uh, (laughs) kind of like a unicorn or or fight club. You don't talk about it. But, um, you know, obviously we're talking about it because it just happened. But these are people that are working during RAGBRAI, our ambulance drivers, our medical chair that are talking to the, the doctors along the way or talking to the ambulance crews along the way, bike shops that are setting up in, in the town. So, I mean, this is, yeah, it's a lot of fun that we went out and, you know, got to sample some amazing pie from, from the, you know, Lutheran Church or whatever. But it's also a working um, stint out there and mm-hmm. someone's got to do it. And so we're we're just the guys to do it. And, and so, girls. Oh, yeah. well, I, I mean, guys in a yeah, right. quote. No, guys. I got you. Well, it also helps you guys out from an organizational standpoint because you're actually able to physically ride every single mile and sure. see. I mean, what are you looking for when you're out there, when you're riding from a safety standpoint? I'm looking for unicorns, yes. But, <laughs> but you know, there's, there's, things, there's things along the way that we're, we're seeing. I mean, our state is amazingly blessed with amazing roads just because of the farm market system. And then you take the, the, the TLC that the county engineers and the DOT put on those roads, and we, we witness it firsthand. Like someone that came up and rode and, and watched them putting the tar down on the road that are, and putting pea gravel and filling in, in holes, they're like, oh, wow, couldn't you get them to stop today? I'm like, no, we want these roads to be fixed for July. And that's the purpose of this thing. And we saw county after county that were just getting their roads in in amazing shape. And I I would venture to say there's not too many rides in the entire world, maybe maybe the Tour de France that, that has that kind of attention to detail of the different counties and the DOT to get those roads as in best shape as possible. Mm -hmm. But you notice the little things too. So if you're in a town we're leaving in the morning and it's garbage day, Yeah, you know, that's a red flag that they might want to rethink garbage day and (laughs) do it the day before or the day after. And and worse, we find uh, ethanol plants and and rock croys that are running big trucks and 
if we can get the word out to them and, and they reroute for the day or they change their shifts a little bit, it makes everybody a lot happier. And safer. Yeah. Well, yeah. some of that garbage could end up as props, too. You know, when you throw out the toilet seat and it's around someone's neck um, <laughs> right down the road. So, so be careful what you throw out, you know, along the way. Yeah. Oh, hey, there's that as-is couch. I, I could use a rest. It's <laughs> Speaking oh, of couches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> there's, there's a couch in Postville that you're going to have to take a, take a ride on. Okay. Take a spin on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Amusement uh, ride couch. You want to describe it, Mark? It's hooked up to the back of a tractor, and he's got this really fancy uh, PTO drive of some sort that when the tractor starts moving, the couch begins to rotate. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so you're the sideshow going down the road, and you get the 360-degree view. Wow. And, you know, if you can put five people on the couch, it's it's a real party going yeah. down the, the road. And it's a fished-out-of-the-river kind of couch. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this this yeah. is not a pristine couch. It had a nice little sheet on it, but perfect. Mm. I mean, just perfect. Just have the pie and ice cream after you ride the couch, not before me. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> or, or go before that group does. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the key. All right. Well, anything else to talk about? This was an awesome. I feel like I've lived part of pre-ride with you now, so I appreciate the. I appreciate you sharing all the memories. I, I guess we could probably close with maybe a, a, a thought to in part of people that have never done ragbri. Um, you know, and I think I stress it quite a bit just in this this chat. I mean, just really slow down. You know. Don't care about Strava. Don't care about you know anything like you know what time do I need to be in. You'll get there when you get there. And if if you don't slow down and, and do it that way, you're you're just completely missing the entire purpose of what we're doing. And the the whole purpose of this podcast is just have fun. You you have more hours on the bike and more hours on the day just to spend out than just with some wonderful people. So slow down, smell the roses. You won't regret it. I, I had a friend that did that last year. You know, he's a racer, so he's always up front and 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 misses out. Well, and he didn't know it even because he was, you know, with his racing group every time. And last year he went with a friend who went a lot slower and he, uh, and I caught him at a pie stand and he's like, this is such a better ride if I slow down. Yeah. And, and that's the truth of it. Yeah. So take your time. Yeah. And make sure your cameras, uh, you bring a camera and that you have lots of space on your memory card <laughs> oh, yeah. because the views are spectacular. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. spectacular. I guess my summary would be that um, on paper, the last day looks really hard, but the route is a really gracious and forgiving route in that you work your way up to those giant hills. They just slowly, gradually start after Charles City, and you'll be ready for them by that time. And like Brian said, they're, it's gorgeous landscape. You, you'll notice them, but in a way you won't notice them because there's a lot to look at besides the hills, a lot to concentrate on besides what you're mm. doing. So don't let it scare you off. If you live to Wednesday, you can do the rest yeah, of the Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No exactly. problem. If you want to treat yourself on hump day, I mean, jump in the river in a oh. tube. Yes. Oh, in yeah. the Whitewater Park. Yes. And I know we got to do it, Andrea. Yep. And basically, you do a nice slow float through the Whitewater course. And, I mean, there's some beautiful plunges that, that come off. And it looks pretty spooky and scary and all that. But wow, was I glad I did it. And if it's like 90 degrees, you'll be just how much Felt to get so that tube yeah. because I want to get in there. It was extremely react, extremely relaxing, and I did it twice. Oh, <laughs> I'll wow. say it that way. <laughs> and this is downtown Charles City, downtown. right? Yeah, it's yeah. at their, they have a whole whitewater park down yeah. there. Mm -hmm. It's part of that. 
And we had Hannah, she was out doing whitewater demos. In fact, she even brought this little mini surfboard out and surf stood up and surfed through the, the whitewater part. I, I think, uh, I think ginger, the chamber director is probably going to get as many of the really good whitewater people out there to do demos because yeah. it's going to be pretty cool to see. They need more than three tubes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's great. Um, yeah, good advice, guys. Uh, and I would also encourage that people are out there on Ragbri, you know, tag us, uh, you know, at Just Go Bike. Uh, include us in your tweets and um, throw stuff on our Facebook page. And it'd be fun to kind of share the way they see it uh, yeah. through, you know, this podcast, too. So. Yeah, as you're getting ready for Ragbri, if you have any questions, you can tweet me at, or tweet me at Just Go Bike, but I'll be parrot talking about Ragbri as we get closer to the ride. So You could probably find Andrea at the Perky Parrot and... Algona. Yeah, if, it, if it's open. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'll yeah, it'll be you. open. You should record a segment there at the Perky Pair. I would love to. If it, when, it, when I get there on Ragbri, I will totally do something from there. It's my place. Uh, all right. Well, good deal. Thanks, guys. This was a great round table. I mean, square table. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, diddly ho, neighborinos. This is Andrea Parrott, and it's time for Parrot Talk. If you're wondering why I sound a little husky today, it's because uh, I lost my voice about a week ago on the pre-ride due to some allergy issues, and I'm actually sounding pretty good compared to what it was. So, hoping next week I'll be back to the liquid velvet voice that you're used to, but for now, deal with it. Today's question actually comes from the pre-ride, because Dismount, Brian Powers, and I were talking about different things about cycling and finally the topic came up of how do you get bike grease out of your clothing because sometimes just washing it in the washing machine doesn't cut it so you don't want to get rid of your bike clothes but heaven forbid you be biking around with some sort of black stain besmirching your best jersey so I did a little research and here's what I found so to start from the beginning if you are freshly greased now this probably wouldn't work on the pre-ride unless you came prepared but if you have something just like straight off of your chain onto your shirt, you can sprinkle cornstarch on it, let it sit, kind of soak up all that nastiness, shake off the cornstarch, and add dishwashing liquid. And then just kind of smear it in there, and you can wash it as normal, and the bike grease should come out allegedly. Now, I haven't tried this one personally. Then your next option, if the grease has sat a little longer, you can use baby powder, let it sit, do like Taylor Swift and shake it off and then wash the garment. Now, I'm not totally sure what the difference between cornstarch and baby powder is as far as removing the stain. This is just something that I read on the internet and it seemed like it would make sense. You know, try the two different things at your own peril. Um, although it does kind of make sense because both of those powders really soak up liquid and will kind of get rid of some of that really oily like smear that bike grease makes. Now, tip number three comes from none other than Mr. Marky Mark Wyatt, who suggests using Dawn dishwashing soap on your grease stains. Now, I haven't tried this one either, but it does kind of make sense if you think about it because, you know, all those pictures of those oil spills with the little baby ducks and they wash them in Dawn and then they come clean. It's kind of the same principle. So that is what I would try if I didn't have step number four on hand, which is what I always use. And it's something called Goop Hand Cleaner. And I am notorious for getting bike grease all over myself in inexplicable ways. 
Um, and this Goop hand cleaner, that's Goop, kind of like Gwyneth Paltrow's beauty company, if you've ever heard of that. Um, but it will get bike grease out of clothing, out of your car seat, or the seat of your car, whatever, um, out of couches, out of whatever the heck you get that bike grease on. Just rub it in and wipe it off, and that grease will come out. I would still recommend washing your clothing afterwards or rinsing with a wet cloth because you don't want those chemicals in your daily life. But it works like a miracle. And I was not paid to say that. So with those tips in mind, you should be able to clean up your greasy old self. If you don't have any of those cleaners on hand, you probably could just rub in some of your liquid clothes washing detergent. And that would probably work, but it's not as fun as using like chemicals and supplies and just really fighting that grease. So anyway, so that's what my input on that question. If you have any other information about awesome ways to fight grease, you can comment on the Facebook post with this podcast, or you can send us an email at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out to me at justgobike on Twitter or Instagram, and I'd love to hear from you. Squawk at you later. Okay, we've come to the end of another edition of the Just Go Bike Podcast, episode 22. And uh, appreciate you tuning in each and every week. We try to bring you some, some great content from, from the state of Iowa as well as throughout the country. And this show cannot be possible without some of our great sponsors. Mark, you want to tell them about the sponsors? Yeah, one of my favorites is Bikes to You. Uh, their Ragbrine style charters is nothing like you've seen before. If you're looking for that, that creature comfort on your ride, uh, bikes to you and, and their charter rag brand style, I think, is the way to go. Also, check out their shop in Grinnell. Some of the best women's clothing selection that you can find as far as bike shops concerned. Think Iowa City and its curious communities. This is, a, this is a place that's really planting its flag in bicycling, and we're really excited to have them on board. They have Jingle Cross. They have Grand Gable. They have a, a huge trail system. Think Iowa City is a great place to ride. And then finally, Primal Wear. I think we can all agree that their Helix shorts are the bomb. Um, they, they literally saved my butt on Ragbrite a lot. So check out Primal Wear. You know, even if you don't get one of their custom jerseys, they got some really, really cool stock stuff that you can wear. Uh, Primalwear.com is, is the best place to find them. Yeah. And Primal will be at the Ragbrite Expo. You can check them out. Uh, they're in downtown Orange City. Uh, they are the official jersey manufacturer of Ragbri, and we'll have lots of their product in the Ragbri outlet tent. So if you're looking to pick up a good deal on some past Ragbri jerseys by Primal, we're going to have lots of those for you. So if you have a comment, you know, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, you can email us as well at JustGoBike, and it's JustGoBike.net. So... I think Kyle's got a closing comment for us. Kyle, take it away. Yes. Dear listeners, let me leave you with what are allegedly are the words of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, creator of Sherlock Holmes. And in 19, I'm sorry, in 1896, he said, when the spirits are low, when the day appears dark, when work becomes monotonous, when hope hardly seems worth having, just mount a bicycle and go out for a spin down the road without thought on anything but the ride you are taking. Have a great week.
Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer. Brian Powers is the show's producer, and the Just Go Bike podcast is brought to you by the Des Moines Register, a part of the USA Today Network.